What's going on, guys? James Camacho here. This is kicking it with Camacho. Ooh. Wow, that was extra difficult today. My little rocket kick. Um, good to be here, guys. How you doing? Happy December 26, 2024. Happy uh, Tequila Tuesday. Um, we don't got a lot of time. We got to get to the fan questions, but real quick, um, <laughs> I want to go over. I uh, hope you had a good weekend. I hope you had a good holiday weekend. Um, hope you had a good. Uh, hope you enjoyed the football. I was uh, eight and eight on my NFL picks. A solid five hundred. 50%, one half, um, just average, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Is that, is that good in gambling? Is that a good percentage if you get 50% of things right? I guess if you're 50 50 in gambling, you don't make any money, you don't lose any money. I guess that's all you can hope for, right? I don't know. Uh, I, I kind of find it funny how, like, when you're growing up, it's all about, like, you know, you got to get an A, right? Which is 90%. But then as you get older, the things like that you need to be good at like the percentages are, are just just get lower and lower and lower you know like when you're in high school elementary school middle school it's all like you got to get an a 90 percent or higher then once you get to college you start taking like real difficult courses like calculus you know it's just like it's all curve based so like if, even if you get like a 64 on, on a test right as long as like you're in the top percent of the class like you'll you'll you'll, you'll still pass you know <laughs> And then when you get older, it's just like, I don't know. I just feel like uh, the bar gets lower and lower as you get older on, like, perfection, you know? Oh, man. Anyways, so 8-8 eight and eight on the football picks. That's not too bad. Um, I don't want to get too much into the NFL stuff because I know um, most the majority of people don't give a shit about football. But uh, Giants hung in there uh, against the Eagles yesterday. That's all you could hope for, man. I really, it, it, as pathetic, this is how beaten down I am as a Giants fan. The fact that they only lost by eight points, single digits, that made me feel pretty good. You know, I'm like, all right, things are trending in the right direction. Um, we got a good coaching staff. They played hard. It came down to the last play, you know. Um, yeah, man, that's just such a fucking shitty standard, right? We only lost by eight points, you know. <laughs> That's like that's like um it's like settling in a relationship for someone that's abusive, you know. Hey, at least they tell me they love me, right? And then but what about the hooks they give you, right? What about the the fact that they, you know, won't let you see any of your friends or let you talk to any uh have any guy friends? It's okay. He still, you know, he uh he has sex with me every now and then. It's all right. He's emotionally there sometimes. I'll take it, you know. It's like you deserve better, okay? <laughs> Stop doing this to yourself. Um, that's so funny. I equated being a New York Giants fan to being in an abusive relationship. All right. Anyways, guys, um, today we are going to go through fan questions. Thank you to those who sent in. Um, I'm thinking maybe every Tuesday we can do a fan Q&A. Um, that'll be fun. So send in your questions, whatever outlet you follow me on, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, uh, TikTok, Instagram. Um, what else am I on? I don't know. That's it, right? Hey, buddy. Um, send me your questions, and um, every Tuesday we'll answer them. Um, and uh, the cats are alive. They literally, as I was setting up the podcast, they were sleeping, and the moment I start talking, they're back alive. All right. 
So let's do it. Um, first question um, from a boy. Better, better get some get my readers on. I can't really see this. Um, I think it's Michael Zoo. It's a YouTube username with a lot of numbers in it. But let's say Michael Michael Zoo. I think is his name says, or it could be she. I don't know. Is Michael one of those? Is that now an ambiguous name now? Gender fluid name. Um. What which U.S. airline is the best? Um, Delta. That's a no brainer for me, man. I fly exclusively Delta, um, and uh, I dig it, man. Like, dude, oh, flying with Delta has changed my my life completely. Because um, when I was like, if you travel a lot, I think it's always smart. It doesn't have to be Delta, but just choose one airline, get in their bonus program, rack up your miles, and uh, you'll get all these benefits. Because, dude. Flying just like commercially without any benefits might be one of the most like excruciating experiences of your life. Like it's literally like taking a greyhound in the air. If you go to the airport, right, it's brutal. Every city there's traffic. You get in there, uh, right, you got to go through security. Miserable, right? It's, let's say you have a 6 a.m. flight. You're half asleep. You got all your fucking luggage. You got to wait in a line to check your bag. You got to wait in another line to speak to customer service, you know, and then you got to get on the, the security line, depending on what time of the day that could take forever, right? This whole time and, and you're on no sleep the whole time, right? And then you got to walk to your terminal that could take forever. And it's just like, uh, or you get random search and you get groped that could take forever. And then you get on the plane and then, you know, you're told that you're going to have uh, a place for your bag, but since you're sitting in economy, you have to wait till the end to board, and then you, you, you go in there, there's no fucking room left for your bag, so you got to check your bag, and then the seats are uncomfortable, right? You got this, uh, the, the war, and, and like, you know, all this is bad. The no sleep, the, the time, the standing, the physical labor of it all, and then like, you know, the money you pay, but the what might be the worst part is just dealing with other people, you know? You have other people just as miserable, just as tired, just as smelly, just as on edge as you going through the airport, you know? And the best thing you can do, you know, if you travel every once in a while, fuck it. You just got to deal with that pain, right? It's like going to the DMV. It's like it's going to suck, but you just got to deal with it, right? But if you fly all the time, like it is it is intolerable to deal with this all the time. You know, so when I started doing the road, I would deal with this every week and it was just fucking brutal, dude. And it just got to the point where it was like, listen, like, I'm a comedian. Um, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. If I'm going to continue to do this, I better do it in a way where it's less painful, you know? So I got TSA pre-check, which is fucking amazing. You basically get to cut the whole line. Um, although in New York and, like, a lot of major cities like L.A., um, TSA pre-check has become pretty standard. So sometimes for the TSA pre-check, you'll also have a pretty nice size line but it's never it's never as bad as like the regular uh security so you know you get your tsa pre-check breeze right through the line and if you fly a certain airline um you know you get to cut the line uh if you have enough like status and then sometimes like for me it's like i'm pretty uh high status with delta right now i'm platinum medallion so literally like uh every time i buy a flight um, not every time, but about 80% of the times I buy a flight, I'll buy like a, a regular economy class seat and I'll get bumped up to a first class or a Delta comfort, which is like kind of second class, you know? So, um, I get free bags 
and shit. And the reason why I say Delta is the best is because they're just the more higher end. Like, um, like the flights have a pretty good uh, on time, you know, no cancellation percentage. I'm talking about percentages, right? That's another thing, right? You're you're ninety percent in school, high school, middle school, ninety percent get an A or just a pass. You need it. I don't know how it was for you guys, but when I grew up, it was like sixty five percent or below was an F, and uh, a D was sixty five to seventy. Like D was just like you just passed, you know. So like growing up, it's sixty five percent or above, and then and then with the fucking airlines. I mean, I think if an airline company has like a. Uh, 60%, 50% like on time departure ratio, that's pretty good. And it's just like 60% growing up was so bad. How is this acceptable? Anyways, beside the point. Um but yeah, uh Delta's good. Um they're just you know, it's a little more expensive, but you know, it's a little more high end class, high higher end class. Um they have these lounges that if you fly first class, you get access to if you if you have like an American Express or a Delta card, you can get access to the lounge, and it's literally like li- just you're just living in privilege, you know. Like if you ever wanted to know what it's like to have privilege and be rich, and uh, you know, just just be a like a like a one percenter, um, you get a taste of that when you're in the the Sky Club lounge, the Delta lounge, you know. It's just like you walk in there there's a buffet there's a there's a there's a bar like free bar what's it called not free bar open bar um and it's just like everything's state of the art and they have that that fucking like weird half elevator half like i don't know just just weird like elevator but kind of poppy elevator music you know like songs you never hear on the radio no, no, but that you only hear in like like privileged places, you know. So, I would say Delta. To go, uh, United Airlines also has this, like you know, the the status and the lounges, but they're not as higher end as Delta. So, uh, long question, long answer to a short question. Uh, Delta Airlines is the best um, in terms of like satisfaction and being customer satisfaction. Their um, rewards um, and also their uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, you know. I would say the worst airline is uh, Spirit, right? Like, every time you fly on Spirit, it's, uh, oh, it's just fucking, the seats are brutal. You have to pay for water. You have to pay for your luggage. It's just bad, man. So, Delta Airlines, here we go, baby. Um, uh, Epi, I believe it is, Epi Camacho asked, who or what inspired you to do stand-up Commodore. Um, no one inspired me to do stand-up comedy. Um, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but it's like I I didn't grow up being like, you know, I want to be a stand-up. Like I didn't watch stand-up specials and was like, I want to be like that guy. Like I remember watching stand-up specials growing up, and I remember just thinking like it was hilarious. And I was like, oh man, like that's that's such a cool thing, right? To be a comedian, like being in front of people and like everyone laughing and like kind of being the life of the party or the life of the room, the focus of the room and, and shit, you know? But I still like, I, I, I growing up, I wanted to be like an actor. Like I wanted to be like a Jim Carrey type of guy. And it wasn't until I was in college where I started, uh, acting on my, um, quote unquote 
no pun intended, I was acting on my actor urges. Like I started doing theater, I started doing improv, I started doing like screenwriting stuff in college. Um, I tried stand up and it was kind of a perfect combination because I was always like I was really big into writing screenplays and I was also really big into like uh comedy acting and stand up is a kind of a combination of that. You you write your stuff and then you perform, right? So I remember I just remember doing it and like remember like this is fun, like this is exactly what I like want to do. And I just kept doing it and doing it. And one thing I always say about stand up that is is so much better than acting is that you know, you can like you can uh, perform more as a stand up, you know? Like you can write material and you can search out open mics shows or whatever you can do it every night for an actor to like really get uh experience and like reps you have to either be booked in something or you have to take a class that meets like whatever once or twice a week so um you know i'm asian i'm a hard worker um i get obsessive over things and uh i kind of just like the fact that like i was able to like in control of my own destiny do it every single day and be like a workaholic you know and um, there is the ambulance coming to take so Imagine having a happy Christmas and then having to go to the hospital the day after. That would suck. All right. So who? what, what inspired me? Just um, I also I think I've said this on the podcast before, too. But it's like I have a real I think a lot of comedians have this. I've always said there's two type of comedians. There's the type of comedians that. They want to perform because they want to be a star. They want to like be that, whatever. They're, they had a comedian they grew up idolizing. They want to be like that. And there's the type of comedian, this is the type I fall into, that uh, has had a weird, traumatizing childhood. They didn't get a lot of attention. No one really uh, cared or heard what they said. They got a lot. and They just need to have some self-expression, right? It's kind of like cathartic, therapeutic way of uh, being understood. If you really think about it, like... Um, what I do, you know, is like I talk about things that are hard to talk about in terms of my personal life and in terms of things that, you know, are going on in the world. But if I make it funny, you know, people are more open to to listen. Right. So, like, I know realistically no one gives a shit about my problems unless, you know, I pay a therapist to listen. But I feel like I can do that if I'm in a comedy club with people looking. I got a microphone and I can make it punchy. People will listen. Does that make any sense? Right. So, yeah, what inspired me was uh, my my fucked up childhood, really. Um, uh, Ernest, but toilet. Yo, shout out to Ernest, man. Ernest, uh, send me a message. I would love to, if I can, get you like a uh, get you a free pod Patreon membership. Ernest is a day one man. When when Shivani and I were dating, he would watch our uh, our podcast. He would always send in questions and um. He stuck around, even though Shivani's not around. He stuck around. I fucking love you, Ernest. Um, yeah, hit me up, Ernest, if you can. Send me an email or send me a, a a something, and I'll see if I can. If anything, I'll just give you like the link to the Patreons because uh, you definitely deserve. It. It's a weird way to phrase it, but like uh, I love, I, you know. Yeah, you're a day. You're an OG. I want to take care of you. Anyway, so Ernest says, "What's the first thing that comes to people's?" <laughs> I bring up Shivani. I start talking in Indian Indian voice. Um, what's the first thing that comes to people's mind when they first meet you? Like when people first meet me, they assume I'm Indian. Nice. But no. <laughs> Some sort of Asian mix. I love Ernest's questions. Like he's always got personality 
in his in his sentences in his questions you know like i feel like i know the way he talks i could like hear it almost you know but yeah Ernest, most people when they see me um i just had a sip of coffee there for the audio listeners i didn't just have a stroke and die um most people think i'm uh a chinese mix you know most people just assume i'm chinese and white mix um yeah, that's what most people think. No one thinks I'm Puerto Rican, um, unless they are Puerto Rican or they, you know, have some Hispanic uh, knowledge and they know my last name is Camacho, so they can kind of figure out. It's like, oh yeah, you're Puerto Rican because your last name is Puerto Rican. But uh, yeah, most people just think I'm a half Chinese, half white guy, which is a, uh, you know, it's whatever. But it's never in a positive light when people go, "You're half Chinese." There's excitement, but then they go, "It's just some white." probably right yeah it's always like it kind of t- tapered i have a bit about it uh in my um a new joke i i it's a joke i i i i i really like so i don't want to give it away um too much but it's like people assume i'm white and then even if like um i say i'm chinese and puerto rican um people just go nah you're white just you're, you're just white trying to be ethnic what the fuck you're talking about which is a weird thing like you could be mixed and people literally like they just see you and th- and have a, their assumption and like they can't break that you know like it's a weird, it's a thing that happens a lot like people see you as what you look like and they don't believe you i don't know what it is it's like it's like um uh, i don't know it's a weird society we live in it's just like people love to kill the messenger you know it's like if I say something and they don't, they don't, they weren't thinking that originally. It's like it's almost like they don't want to even be wrong, you know? Oh, I thought you were Chinese and white. Nah, I'm Chinese and Puerto Rican. It's like don't fucking tell me I'm wrong. You're fucking white. I'm always right, you know. It also drives me nuts too when it's like I'll post a stand-up clips of me getting heckled or whatever crowd work, and it's so funny. Like the people, so many people in the comments that like hate me. They just side with the people I'm talking to in the crowd. It's like, it's weird. It's like they see me doing something, right? Being on stage with a microphone, controlling the room. And they're automatically like, I want to fucking shoot this guy down and side with the audience member. It's a, it's a weird thing, you know? That's, that's how it is. Like if you choose to lead, if you choose to get up in front of people, some people respect it. Other people are like, well... I want to see you fucking trip, you know, the terrible, terrible society we live in. Um, Gabe Gonzalez asked me another OG, by the way, Gabe's always asking questions. Um, by the way, guys, the people that, that have continued to be fans of mine and, and, and stick with me through uh, the podcast post breakup. I really appreciate it, man. I think there was a lot of people that tuned in. Because uh, Shivani and I had the podcast, and Shivani was very funny. And then, um, yeah, I just want to say I appreciate all of you that um, have have uh, just continued to uh, be fans since the breakup. It means a lot, and um, you're you're you know you're real ones. Um, so Gabe asked me, let's say you never wanted to do comedy. What other career you, not your family or former lovers, would have wanted you to do? But you, what other path or career would you have considered doing? Comedy's your thing. We thank you for that. But what else? That's a great question. Um, I always had a thing for like sports. I mean, I'm still a big, huge sports fan. Um, 
Yeah, like football, baseball, honestly, they take up like way more of my life than uh I've come to kind of come to terms with, you know? Like I every day, pretty much all day, I listen to sports podcasts. Like I wake up in the morning, I work out to sports podcasts. When I'm on the train, my commute, I, I listen to sports podcasts. If I'm just like, you know, taking a break from work or making food, I listen to sports podcasts. It's like I, I listen to sports a lot. So I think in another world, um, I would have loved to be like a a sports commentator, maybe like a like a sports stats guy, or just worked in sports in some capacity. You know, some some job where I could literally get paid to watch sports, analyze it. Um, and like, you know, get to go to games for free. You know, I love like every, anytime I hear like, a one of my, you know, these sports hosts, radio hosts, or these sports people being like, uh, yeah, I went to the game. I went to like the ESPN suite, you know, it's just like, oh, that sounds, that sounds great. Like if you ever want to go watch sports, you can just go for free and you can get like a fucking awesome, uh, hookup, you know? And maybe, you know, I've always kind of dabbled into thinking like, Maybe, you know, I've always thought about, I thought about doing a podcast about sports. I've thought about maybe doing sports content online, but I don't know. I, 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 uh, I'm, I'm still a fanboy, you know, like I, I'm not that, um, smart about it. Like I can't break down stuff the way like professionals would, you know, I kind of was, a lot of my stuff is kind of just speaking out of gut and hard and shit. And like, I'm also very, very, very only interested in my teams. Like, I'm a big Seattle Mariners fan. You know, I, I since I'm in the New York market, you know, the Yankees are also a team I kind of like, you know, watch. But, you know, with football, the New York Giants, like, other than that, it's like, I don't know if I would be able to analyze like other sports that way. But I don't know. Um, yeah. One thing I hope to get out of doing stand up in in, in uh, uh you know show business is uh, hopefully I can get big enough where I can get um some hookups to like uh Giants games or Knicks games or Yankee games, you know. You guys know I got that hookup to the Chargers game. <laughs> Bro, it was fucking so sweet. I got I literally was able to go into a uh what do you call it? Uh influencer suite. I'm like, "Wow, you know. That's for the Chargers though, right? Talk about like the thirty, the 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 least important team in football, you know. So, my I'm at the status here. Here's how well I'm doing in my career. I am so famous that I can get access to the influencer lounge at Chargers games. <laughs> um, they have something to sneeze at though. So yes, uh, to answer your question, Gabe, something in sports, even like a sports stats guy. Like I'm Asian, I love numbers. I'll fucking crank out, um. Uh, whatever. I'll look over spreadsheets and like stats and stuff, and I'll, I'll maybe I could be the guy that like when the announcers are are calling games and they just start being like throwing out crazy stats, like oh, like that run was his forty seventh run uh, since he had one testicle since nineteen eleven, Bob since the Trojan horses and the Redskins were blah blah blah, and you're just like how the fuck did they come up with that stat? Maybe I could be one of those guys, you know. That was a wild stat I just made up. Um, all right. Let's do a few more questions. We have a couple quick ones here. Um, Chris Singer. Chris Singer? That's my... Um, oh, wait. Okay, okay, okay. Chris Singer is the name of my ex's sister's husband. That's not him because 
the question asked is if a pig squeals in Tennessee, is the pig in a blanket? Um, so a little back background. on. So this is just this guy, Chris, is just fucking with me. But um, he came to a show where where, oh, where was the show? Uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, where I was doing some crowd work. I talked to him and his wife and apparently uh, they sleep with a pig in their bed. They have a pet pig that they sleep with, um, <laughs> which is kind of fascinating. Um, I'm a cat guy. But can you see Kaisa? Kaisa? Whatever. I don't know if you guys can see him, but yeah. Um, yeah, so he's basically, uh, I was talking to him and he, they revealed that they sleep with a pig. Like they have a pet pig, you know? At first I was like, is this some, some like uh, kink you got going on? But they were like, after the show, they were like, no, we like have a pet pig. We live in a farm. And I was like, oh, that's totally, that's totally normal, you know? It's like sleeping, like if you have a dog, you sleep with them. It's just a pig, right? It's just that pigs are like bigger and, uh. You know, a pig could fucking kill you, you know? My cats can't kill me. I'll fucking, I'll fuck up a cat. Anyways, um, and then, uh, Ivy Chen, Ivy Chan, I believe, Ivy Chan. Should I even, should I even bother saying the names? <laughs> I, I suck. Um, she asked me, what part of New York City do you enjoy visiting the most? This is a great question. Um, so I live in New York. I live in the Upper East Side. If you were visiting, I would not recommend the Upper East Side. Not to say that it's bad or dangerous, anything like that. It's just like, it's very residential. Um, it actually kind of shuts down pretty early. Um, I mean, there's some good restaurants here, but it's not uh, popping. You know, it's not lit. I would say my favorite parts are uh, West Village. Um, it's very, the West Village is popping. It's very artsy. Um, a lot of comedy clubs, a lot of jazz clubs. Uh, a lot of amazing uh, food, date spots. It's very New York. Like, the the village is one of those spots where you go to, like, a five-star restaurant with, like, a $200 burger. And then the place, like, literally is the size of a one-bedroom apartment. And it's, like, everything's, like, dimly lit. And, and you're eating up against a brick wall, you know. But it's still, like, fancy. And, like, it's very New York, you know. Just jazz playing. Um, and then, like, you know, uh, there's a block in the village called McDougal Street. Um, where there's literally like four comedy clubs, like it's pretty insane. Like, and then like uh, around the block of uh McDougal, there's Bleecker Street, where there's like another club or two clubs. So, it literally, um, this is why New York City is the best place for comedy. Literally, in a two block radius in the West Village, there is uh Village Underground Comedy Club, Comedy Cellar Comedy Club, uh, Fat Black Comedy Club, um. And those three are all the, under the comedy cellar. Um, Greenwich Village Comedy Club, Grizzly Pear Comedy Club, uh, Comedy Shop Comedy Club, and then Sunflower Comedy Club. So there's literally seven comedy clubs in a two-block radius, um, which is fucking crazy. Um, and then also another great place. I So I like going to the village. Uh, you know, I do a lot of work there, but... Uh, a place I would recommend going if you're going to go to the village is like uh, go walk around like Midtown East. Like I would say like uh, like like Park Ave and uh, shit from like the 50s to like the 70s, dude. I mean, it's like if you want to you want to see like fucking what money feels like, that's the area. Like it's like that's where all like the hold on. I got to sneeze. <laughs> Oh, bless me. Um, that's where it's like, 
you just feel the wealth. Like, that's where, like, all the aristocrats and, like, the politicians and, like, just the fucking, just, like, the, the, the CEOs work. And then, like, you know, you get to see all these, like, crazy skyscrapers and then all the, all the shops, like, um, you know, like, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, all that shit's there. And it's, like, you just, you get that real, like, Epstein's, like, mansions in that area. Like, that's where all the celebrities where their penthouses are. And it's just like, you could just feel the wealth and like the affluence of uh, New York in that area. And if you want to go for a walk, uh, if you got like a, you know, I've, if you got like a date or something, go take a walk on the high line in Chelsea. Um, that's another thing where it's like, uh, it's like a little high rise you walk. And then like, you're just like kind of like right beside all these gigantic skyscrapers it's very beautiful, and um, you, you get to also see, like, inside, like, these penthouses that are just, like, probably, like, fucking millions and millions of dollars that uh, you could never dream to live in. Not you. I I could maybe... Not me. Whew, who knows? Um, I'm still hoping to get into a, another Chargers suite. Um, and then real quick, we have two more. Uh, David Camacho asks, do toilet seats give, give me ADHD? They don't, but actually my toilet seat right now, it's got a little bit of a screw loose. Like when you sit on it, the toilet seat kind of kind of goes back and forth. So I got to get that fixed. Uh, um, doesn't give me ADHD, but, uh, you know, sometimes I do. I am I am kind of uh, in the back of my head. I'm like, you know, it's give me one day. I take a too big of a shit and I like pivot and like I break the screw and I fall into the toilet, you know, so I better get that fixed. Um and then Kenneth Smith asked me, are you closest to your relatives on your Chinese side or Puerto Rican side? Yes, I know your Chinese grandma questioned your intelligence because you were mixed. So she's out of the will. <laughs> she's out of the will. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? How is my fucking grandma? How, how is she going to be left out of my will? <laughs> okay, come on, Kenneth. Ken! Um, I'm... Uh, I guess uh, closer. I'm not really that close with uh, my family, to be honest. Um, closer to my Chinese side, though, because just by uh, I, I, I've kind of gone through this over the podcast before. I, I'm apologize. I apologize if people have heard this before, but it's like my Chinese side. Um, uh, when I was growing up, my mom would take me to to see them. Um, we have uh, my mom has a brother and a sister that also live um, in the same neighborhood I grew up in. So I saw them a lot and my Puerto Rican side, um, you know, they live in New York. Also, we're in, you know, moved to Staten Island. They got divorced. Um, my uh, my dad's uh, family. And um, yeah, it's just like I think I've told I told this before, but it's like or maybe it could have been a Patreon. But my dad and mom one year got into a big argument right before like we were about to uh, go to Christmas uh, to see your family, the Puerto Rican side. And my mom, like, like it was such a big argument. She was like, I'm not going. And my dad took me, and that was, like, the last time I went to the Puerto Rican side for the holidays. And I haven't, like, you know, ever since then, the relationship's been kind of um <laughs> dead, pr- pretty much dead. I saw them during the special taping. It was nice to see them. And, then, you know, we always talk about, like, getting together again. Um, but it's tough, man. You know, people get older. People have jobs. Um, you know, time, time goes by and shit, you know, it's a sad reality, but like, yeah, definitely close to my Chinese side just cause like, you know, the way my dad is, the way my mom is like, you know, 
after that horrible holiday, um, you know, my mom would still take me and then my dad, uh, you know, my, my, like, like, uh, my dad just didn't make any more effort to try to see the family again. You know, he kind of just, just, uh, was like, all right, whatever you want to do, honey. And that was that. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not happy about that, but that it is what it is. Um, and, uh, that's all the questions, but you know, David's question, sorry, not David, Kenneth's question got me thinking too. It's like, I've had a couple of relationships in my life where my parents, uh, <laughs> my parents kind of screwed it up. Um, like, so obviously with my Puerto Rican side, they had that argument and they couldn't like, they decided, like my mom decided, they just never, they just decided to never go see my Puerto Rican side of the family for the holidays ever again, right? And then there was another time where my mom and uh, I had a best friend growing up who's uh, Chinese and white. We were like inseparable growing up. And then my mom and his mom got into an argument about MySpace back, uh, back in the day, about like just letting us be on MySpace. And then I could never, um, and like their argument prevented us from like hanging out. And, you know, that's really, I, I always, that's fucked up, man. You know, like as a kid, like I can't do anything, you know, like I can't like tell you like mom, dad, like fuck you. Like, you know, I'm like eight. What am I going to fucking <coughs> get in a car, go see them anyways, you know, make plans with them. You know, there's no cell. I don't have a cell phone or shit. You know what I mean? So like, so to withhold me from seeing my Puerto Rican side of the family to withhold me from seeing my best friend growing up, who was literally like my, the brother I didn't, I never grew up, never had because of your own, like, you know, personal squabbles is fucking lame, dude. You know, all I know is that when I have kids, I mean, it's tough. I I feel like, you know, let's say my, my, my son or my daughter is friends with someone and I hate their fucking, um, their parent. I don't know. I, I just I just feel like I wouldn't be like, hey, you can't hang out with them because their dad sucks or their mom sucks. You know, I don't know. Because that relationship has nothing to do with the relationship or the, the you know, the, the, the animosity I have with their parents. So I don't know. That's, those are two things I've always regretted, man. You know, losing that friendship with my my best friend and then uh, not being able to get close to my fucking Puerto Rican side of the family, you know. What a what a somber ending to today's podcast. Hey man, um, well, that's what we do here. We get real, um, we get authentic, and um, we have a good time. Guys, thanks for listening to the Tuesday edition of the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Send in those questions. We'll answer every Tuesday. It's and adios. Hugs and kisses. And don't let fucking um, disagreements, arguments pettiness you know affect the rest of your life or the people around you you know that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying dog all right